Welcome to the New School at Commonweal, a collaborative learning project exploring nature, culture, and consciousness. Join us now for a very special installment of our Healing Circle series. This installment documents a full day of people coming together and sharing their experience, strength, and hope. It is hosted by Michael Lerner and includes very special guests, Rachel Naomi Remen, as well as Diana and Kelly Lindsay of Healing Circles Langley on Whidbey Island. This is part one of three. Welcome, everybody. I'm Michael Lerner. Glad you're all here. More people will be arriving, um, but uh, given our time today, I thought we might begin to start in. So I'd like to suggest we just start with a couple of minutes of silence together. And let me just note that in healing circle work, we always start with silence. So let's just uh, take a few moments in silence together. Peace, peace. So, it's a real joy to be here with you. Uh, is Patty Weld here yet? I don't see her. Okay, good. I'll, uh, some of our friends are still arriving. Um, I'm going to start with some sort of rolling introductions of just a few people. Um, um, Diana and Kelly Lindsay from uh, Healing Circles uh, Langley. Uh, Diana, would you just um, stand and if you can face toward the audience, not toward me, and just say a few words about who you are and what brings you to this. I'm Diana. Uh, I am a stage four lung cancer survivor, and that's what started me on this astonishing journey. This is my husband, Kelly. He not only take, took care of me, but is now, uh, we have now founded Healing Circles Lane. We'll tell you about later. Yes, wonderful. And so they came down from uh, Langley on uh, Whidbey Island, north of Seattle. Uh, Sue Cochran is here from Minnesota. Sue, would you say a word about who you are and face that way if you can? Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, I have stage four breast cancer. 31 days ago, I had an inoperable brain tumor removed, and the healing of the Commonwealth has me here. I went through the uh, Cancer Help Retreat in 2005, and uh, I got their book through a integrative medical center in Minneapolis. It changed my life, and reading it, I knew I had to come to Commonwealth. And it integrated and healed my family, my profession. It's been my dream to meet Rachel, but I feel we've just talked how we embody her and my home. <coughs> It's changed my life. It's, uh, it's, I'm in heaven. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Michael. 
Uh, Mary Jane Block is here. Mary Jane, would you introduce yourself and uh, say a few words? If you sort of cheat toward the camera a little bit, that'll be great. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, you're fine. All right. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Block, and I'm a, um, I've been to Commonwealth twice, once in 1999 and once in 2009. I've had breast cancer since I was 38. I have stage 4 breast cancer now. I'll be 62 next month. Um, I come to Commonweal every chance I get because, as I always say, when I come here, I bring my best and my, my most authentic self. And I, like many of you, are here because it's a, such an amazing and rare opportunity to spend this much time with Rachel Women. Shell Partner, would you introduce yourself? I'm Michelle Fortner. Hi, I see so many friends here. It's so nice. Thank you, Michael. Can um, you turn on so sure. they can see you good? Um, so I am a stage two B cancer survivor. I'm eight years now, and I came to the cancer help program in 2008, and it changed my life in a big way. And I was able to return back to my community, inspired and empowered to work with breast, not just breast cancer survivors, but cancer survivors. I'm a nurse by training, and I went back to work and started a cancer survivorship program on the Adam Walnut Creek, California here, in the Bay Area, and since then have been um, the program um, um, director of our survivorship program and been able to help other nurses start programs across the country, and um, been trained by NCI, and since um, have moved more into the realm of contemplative practices and how we can help cancer survivors and all people with chronic illness. And I just continue to evolve and Commonwealth is such a special place for me. And Michael has been such a mentor to me and my just my development of living so full, enriched, aware life. So I'm very grateful to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Terry Mason, would you introduce yourself? I'm Terry Mason, and I first came to the Cancer Help Program in 2007 um, with the diagnosis of rectal cancer, um, early stage, and then I loved it so much I wanted to keep coming back, um, so I started uh, volunteering and met um, several other alumni of the Cancer Help Program, including Mary Jane, um, made some good friends in um, circumstances that I wish none of us had to be in. <laughs> so um, I see some familiar faces here and then sort of an online community has sort of grown up where we um, not only see each other when we come here but are able to speak to each other online and it's been a huge support for me. Um, since I first came I've had two other diagnoses of cancer. One was uh, an early stage melanoma um, and then a uh, possibly radiation-induced sarcoma in 2011. And uh, here I am. I'm doing well. I'm so glad I have this community and Michael and the rest of the staff. It's just, um, it's like the core of my support. It keeps me going. And one, we're looking at ways to pass it along to others. Thank you, Terry. So I could go on with many other people in the room, but the people I chose for the most part were people who have been active 
in our healing circles work. So if you all want to come sit down, please, please do. And this is a good time to do it. Um, and um, so what we're going to do today is uh, a first part, which is sort of an introduction to healing circles. And um, then Rachel will join us, and Rachel will talk for about an hour. And then after lunch, uh, Rachel and Diana and Kelly and I will be up on the stage together uh, to talk with each other and talk with you. So that's basically the plan. Um, so uh, I think what I'm going to do first is to ask Diana to give us a brief overview of what uh, Healing Circles Langley is. And while that powers up, uh, just to say that um, Healing Circles is an outgrowth of the Cancer Help Program, the Institute for the Study of Health and Illness at Commonweal, which is Rachel Naomi Remen's program, the Healing Yoga Foundation, which is uh, Kate Holcomb's uh, program, and uh, Healing Kitchens Institute, which is Rebecca Katz's program here. And so all of those programs are focused on healing, healing with cancer, but also healing physicians and broader healing. Um, so our work in many respects has been focused on cancer for 30 years, but we have come to understand uh, through the people who are showing up here that people are showing up not only to work with cancer, but with many other illnesses and other forms of loss. And so because Healing Circles is a learning community, it shows us what it wants to be. It reveals to us what it wants to be. And that has been very much the case with the work that uh, Diana and Kelly and I are doing with their many colleagues up on Whitby Island. And so, um, Diana, with that, I'll turn it over to you for a, a brief overview of um, Healing Circles Langley. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We're so delighted to be here. Healing Circles began, as I could hear right away from everybody that spoke, through this incredibly circuitous route that mercifully led us here. Uh, it began for us out of a big desire to give back for the mystery and the miracle of my surviving. At first, when I started to make a recovery, we reached out and people reached out to us, to fellow travelers on this road to try to understand why was I still here. That led to many discussions with doctors and patients and researchers and advocates and legislators. And we thought that we could somehow just give the karma back if we only just wrote a book. <laughs> so that was the path we were on until one day we weren't. <laughs> we operated our business out of a building and on one day in the fall, the building landed back in our lap. And in one afternoon in early January, when we were attempting to rent it, Kelly came back upstairs and said, we're not gonna rent it, we're gonna start a healing center. That was Wednesday. The next day, 
<laughs> well, this effort to start the Healing Center was to give back for the incredibly amazing support that our community had given us. We knew that social support could provide so much healing, but was it universally available in our community? Some of us had vast and intricate webs of of uh, family and friends, but many of us moved to the island or had had circumstances change during our stay here. So we wanted to see, could we provide that net to everybody? Well, that realization was Wednesday. Thursday, we met this guy. And we had the opportunity to share our idea with Michael, and Michael said, well, I'm working on an idea too, <laughs> and it's called Healing Circles and I will support you, which was astonishing enough. Six weeks later, we had to take a little time out because life intervened again and Kelly got renal cancer. Happily, it was stage one, and by August, we were ready to work again. And August 1st, Michael walked back in the door and said, I'm not only willing to help, I'm really ready to pitch in. I love it here. And for a month, we mapped his 30 years of expertise into a beautiful tree of healing knowledge that will help form the basis of the website that we're working on. By fall, we became a program of Commonweal, giving us tremendous access to all of this richness and this expertise. And we gave back by um, contributing the knowledge that we were creating up, up on Whidbey. We also had an astonishing group of collaborators on Whidbey who just walked through the door, with, also with decades of experience in integrated medicine and community building and community activism. And so together we worked to say, well, what is our mission? And we thought that it was just to provide support to cancer patients. But in a small community, it doesn't work that way. You know, we have cancer and we have heart and we have brain and our partners have this and that. And I, by the way, all of us exist along this vast continuum of health. And would, were we going to stop people at the door because they weren't sick enough? That didn't work. And by the way, we were having so much fun doing this and finding such meaning and purpose in it. Weren't we getting helped? So we ended up with a mission statement that covers cancer, chronic illness, aging and loss, the support of wellness, the ability to find meaning and purpose in service, and the ability to help connect an entire community. Wow. The work was protected by circle agreements that I see Michael has up there. We were very blessed to be able to participate in Christina Baldwin and Anne Linnae's peer spirit work. And this work, which talks deeply about honoring each other's unique ways to healing and not advising, saving, or fixing each other, the ability to treat each other with kindness and respect in everything we do, to listen with intention and compassion and curiosity, to maintain deep confidentiality, and from time to time to take a pause. Now that is perhaps the toughest lesson of all when you see what happened the minute we opened our doors. Kelly and I had been marketing consultants, so we thought we had to plan. We thought we had to do diagrams like this. The great wisdom of all of our thought circle was no. All you have to do is open the doors, listen, and respond. Just start, they said. And so we did. We started, the, we amplified the work we'd been doing with circles of two in cancer. We formed a cancer circle. And already, this was just in November. Already we have 
buddy programs to support the newly diagnosed. We have had community conversations that Michael's been a part of. We have classes and we just did an all week retreat at the Whidbey Institute. In December, uh, many people who had recently lost spouses joined us in a grief circle. We thought it was just for the holidays, but they asked to keep going. Another support circle started for those who had lost children. And we now have a weekly poetry and writing and grief through grief and sadness that is ongoing, and they call themselves the Circle Poets. So <laughs> that's so wonderful. We didn't officially open to January. We had a wonderful open house, blowing bubbles, singing and dancing. The community completely met us and embraced us before we began. We offer drop-in hours three days a week for the secular sanctuary that the place is. We call it Circle of One Work that place where we listen to all of our own inner voices and try to determine what is the best step forward for healing today in this moment. In January, we started a community discussion about the nature of social support, what was helpful, what wasn't. And we've had a string of volunteers walk in every day to come help us. We've had three volunteer trainings so far, and we meet monthly. We also have become a clearinghouse for all of the fantastic initiatives on Whidbey. Um, and maybe we'll continue that role. It keeps evolving so fast, who knows? <laughs> By February, Michael sent us an email. He said, I've just read this book called Being Mortal. It's really great. Can we have a conversation about it? 50 people showed up. Out of that, we now have an initiative called Aging in Community, which is an attempt to design a beautiful multi-generational multi place that we can move in when we can no longer be in our homes. We have an Aging in Place initiative that has been meeting monthly to see if we can help support our elders who wish to remain in their homes. And we've had circles for all the rest of us who are just trying to figure it all out. In February, we started health and the environment initiatives and conversations on, tox on detoxing, on ecosophy, learning from the environment, how it could help us deeply in our own healing. And next month, we'll have Elise Miller from CHE uh, speaking on the story of health, so we're looking forward to that. Well, then it was March. We started saying, well, what's wellness? What is optimal wellness? We brought in an integrative medicine provider on the island. We, we've been offering Yiren Qigong, medical Qigong classes three days a week. We've had workshops. And then we thought, let's go to the leaders of our community and let's make sure they have the boost to continue doing the amazing work that they're doing. For four years now, we've had something called WOW, the women of Whidbey because inside every woman is a story worth sharing. Now, isn't that the truth? <laughs> and these women have found such vitality in taking a pause in this stage in their life to say, who am I? What are the threads of my life? And where am I going now? And then sharing that in a really heartfelt way with the whole community. So they infused the whole center with all of this vitality and nervous energy that really was a fun way to spend our march. That gave us enough energy to face April because April we decided it was taxes and debt, the inevitables. 
uh, we've already had a conversation uh, reflecting about what is death, what is the opportunity in the dying process. We're about to have an all-day workshop called While We Know You're Busy, We Also Know You're Mortal, <laughs> which is an attempt for all of us to fill out our advanced directives and write letters to our loved ones on what our what our wishes and our hopes for that time of life might be. And then we're going to have um, another conversation on after-death care, green burials and ritual. Um, so that's April. But then, in the again astonishing way of people walking in the door, somebody two days ago walked in with a $1,500 Sayori beautiful loom. We had had a bowl out with no announcement, with a candle, that people had just been putting prayers and wishes in. And we just started immediately weaving it into a community tapestry, which is just a lovely thing to do. We're going to continue this emphasis on healing and the arts with writing to heal, alternating weeks with art and healing, and doing um, projects that combine both of those. So a tiny bit of what we've learned so far. We welcome everyone who comes in the door. We are a living manifestation of that roomy poem we all talk about, the guest house. Welcome each new arrival. Well, they come wearing sweatshirts and <laughs> various pieces of clothing, but each one has an astonishing gift to bring. And all we have to do is sit and wait. The main work of the center is just deep listening. We thought we had to do a lot of other things, but it turns out at the end of the day, healing just begins with that initial and ongoing conversation. We also got all tangled up about the whole idea of helping. We realize you can't give without receiving and you can't receive without giving, so we're all just friends and neighbors. We also saw that everyone should only come to the center when it was best for their healing to do so. So no volunteer should come out of duty, obligation, or a schedule, and that included us. And then we realized, at, with a speed that guidance is coming, that this is a place where connection and belonging and creativity occur, and absolutely none of it belongs to us, and all is free to head back out into the world in individual healing or in social activism. The community has met us, they walk in the door, they say, I like it here. I'm moved to be here. I'm called to be here. And we have found through our questionnaires that just this work is enough to really find, as somebody just said, the deep inner authenticity that is why it's worth staying alive. So we're very heartened by that. We feel that each moment in the circle is like this precious bubble uh, but that is also, you know, so fragile. But a new one comes. And so we're just thrilled that we get to walk this with all of you. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, Diane. And thank you, Kelly, uh, for your equal partnership in this work. If we had time we would have doubled the time and heard from both of you. Um, but I think uh, Diane, Diana did a, uh, a wonderful job of giving a sense of what one healing circle place can be like, right? Now, 
We could go around the room uh, because uh, Shell Portner introduced herself briefly, but the work she's doing as an oncology nurse, uh, and she brought a circle of oncology nurses to Commonweal, and we're exploring not only the work that Shell's doing directly at her hospital, but, uh, uh, but growing a presence in the Oncology Nursing Association, both at the state level and beyond, uh, is another example. Uh, uh, our colleague Deb Steele uh, came on a recent uh, training uh, from Dartmouth-Hitchcock in uh, New Hampshire, major cancer center. She's the head of support services for cancer patients. She has joined as a partner and will be working with her staff of 40 to, um, to grow quality work for people with cancer at Dartmouth-Hitchcock. So uh, I could tell you many, many other stories. You're listening to a Healing Circles conversation hosted by Michael Lerner with guests Rachel Naomi Riman and Diana and Kelly Lindsay of Healing Circles Langley. I'll tell you one other one. Harmony Hill in Washington, also uh, based on the Cancer Help Program, has been doing uh, uh, retreats for cancer patients for 20 years now. Their retreats are free. They are four-day retreats. Uh, I gave the 20th anniversary talk for them. Um, they do extraordinary work. They joined Healing Circles with us. They are now training people to do Healing Circles work. Uh, they are developing a relationship with a major hospital to do all of that uh, work with them. So uh, those are just some of the, um, the things. Um, I want to welcome my friend Rachel Naomi Remen, who just walked in the door and give her a chance to breathe, but just so you all know, she is with us, as promised, and uh, we really look forward uh, to the time with Rachel. So I'm going to use uh, the remaining time that we have, about 25 minutes, um, for a, uh, a brief uh, overview of what Diana and Kelly gave you as one real example. Right? And I want to say, this is an astonishing piece of work that had many key components to become astonishing, and nobody needs to set that as the example of what you have to do. In other words, you know, I gave you that because it's extraordinary. But many of you I know, I could speak to many of you in the room. Uh, uh, Nancy Olin Hecht is here, and I know from uh, our shared work in a heart uh, group over many years, uh, she asked me uh, where she could go to develop this work, and she's been participating in our trainings. Uh, she is going up to train with Christina Baldwin in peer spirit counseling work. That's just an example of somebody taking her place from uh, her own experiences with loss and her own experience uh, with me over... Uh, how many years now? 12 years in a heart support group. Um, and then saying, how can I do this? Uh, the work that many in the Cancer Help Program, Terry Mason, uh, Mary Jane Block, and many others have done with the 
support groups that have grown out of the Cancer Help Program, North Bay, East Bay, and San Francisco South Bay. Uh, those circles, which had existed in some instances for many years, are being informed by the Healing Circles work as we understand better how to do this. So you don't necessarily have to start something. You can take this work in many ways into something you're already part of and just make little suggestions about improving it. So, um, but I wanted to give you a sense. What, what, what were the key ingredients there? One were two extraordinarily gifted people who wanted, they chose to dedicate a building and their lives to creating a healing circle. Second, uh, they had both had experiences with cancer. In Diana's case, a stage four lung cancer where she was not expected to live more than uh, three, months. three months. And, you know... Uh, and so her response to that and Kelly's response to that was she accepted the diagnosis, but she did not accept the prognosis. She did not accept it. And there are many, many, many Commonweal Cancer Health Program alumni from the last 30 years who are, like Mary Jane, 15 or 20 years out with metastatic cancers. And many who are less than that. I'm not... Of course, many people die. There's no question. But the power of intention to do deep intentional healing is a powerful force. And those of us who do this work have come to believe that. So we don't know whether it will work in terms of life extension. But as Rachel Remen often says, whether or not you can extend life, you can certainly expand it. And it is that sense that if we grow our lives, that sometimes it extends life as well. And that we can hold that intention. It's not a false hope. As Marty Rossman says, you can't know that you can do this, but you get to vote. <laughs> and so you can vote for complete recovery, for life extension, for whatever it is. And if it returns, you don't have to be devastated that it, quote, didn't work. You know that you voted. You know that you've given it everything you have. And that's how the Cancer Help Program works, to help people live as long, as well as they can, for as long as they can, and if and when the time comes to die, to die the way they would like to die. So that's sort of the... The central mission of Healing Circles is to do that not only with cancer, but uh, because of our direct experience with many of you in the room, as a learning community, we began, began to understand we thought this was for cancer patients, people who love them, and their caregivers. But then we had people begin to show up who were interested in working with multiple sclerosis or with other diseases, and we thought, and then of course with Healing Circles Langley, and we realized it is artificial to try to limit this. And so what we're, we're seeking to do as a learning community is to learn from each other, not to disseminate the commonweal model, but to learn from each other about what deep intentional healing is. So uh, I put up some um, little uh, sheets here. Um, and uh, the first one is just a really simple, symbolic representation of healing circles. 
so the vertical line here is uh, what we broadly call soul work. That is to say, uh, being in the circle and using a talking stick or something else to do the things that uh, Diana spoke of, uh, speak from the heart, listen generously, uh, no crosstalk, um, don't try to advise or fix people, uh, just allow the soul, allow the heart to speak. So that's the vertical dimension of this work. But in serious illness, the vertical dimension is not enough. It's wonderful to offer that, but in fact, walking a path with a serious illness or a serious loss requires a whole set of skills, skills in the world. And so the horizontal line represents the skills that one needs. So you want to do the vertical, you want to do the horizontal, and the circle encloses both. The circle is that which is necessary both to do the deep work, who was it that called this the work that you can only do alone, that you must do in community. I don't have the word right, but the point is you can't do the deep work in its entirety alone. You can do deep work alone, but you can't do it all alone. And then the horizontal line is all the different uh, uh, things that you need to know. Now the second uh, Taoist symbol, or is that Taoist? Yeah? Uh, is a nice represented representation that a friend of ours from Harmony Hill uses, um, which uh, represents a, an illness. And half of the illness, or one part of it, is the diagnosis, the medical part of it, the treatment, and so on and so forth. But the other half is what the soul is going through. It is the scarring and what has happened to the body. It is what the experience of the heart, the psyche, the soul. It is also the movement up into spirit. So it is both uh, body work, it is soul work, psyche work, and it is spirit work, and it is just as important, and it can affect quality of life unquestionably, and everything points to it affecting survival as well. So that's the second point, is recognizing that this, you know, uh, mind, body, spirit, medicine, whatever you want to call it, is not some trivial add-on. It is not a trivial add-on. It is so fundamental to deep intentional healing. So the third uh, thing here is a representation of what Diana was speaking about, the circle of one. And we need some map of the human psyche. There are many maps of the human psyche, but the ones I am I'm most comfortable with, you don't have to use mine. This is from Roberto Assagioli. Rachel Remen trained in uh, Assagioli's work, Psychosynthesis, and I learned uh, Psychosynthesis from Rachel. And so this is a map uh, of how Assagioli following Jung to some degree, uh, uh, and also as a precursor of James Hillman, um, understood the human psyche. So the psyche is represented as an egg, with a lower unconscious, a middle unconscious, and an upper unconscious. And clustered through all three levels of unconscious are different subpersonalities. So you may have the subpersonality of being a mother, being a wife, 
being a daughter, being a teacher, a yoga teacher, being a cancer survivor, uh, being a gardener, being a writer, all these different sub-personalities. And most of us don't understand that we are constantly, without being aware of it, moving in and out of different sub-personalities. The ones in the middle unconscious, we are able to be aware of. The ones in the lower and upper unconsciousness, we are not aware of, and yet they may affect us deeply. So psychosynthesis work is the effort of becoming aware of all these different sub-personalities, and then because they often have different intentions and different purposes, often contradictory, to see if one can learn to move them into greater harmony and to begin to aim them toward your life purpose, however you understand your life purpose. So that is a map of the inner psyche, and note how closely that map of the inner psyche is like a healing circle group of six, eight, ten people, right? So the point is, you can do healing circle work, as Diana said, with a circle of one. You can do healing circle work with a circle of two, which is an easy place to start. So for example, co-counseling is a really good model. Very, very simple. You could start tomorrow. Pick someone you trust and agree to do it and sit down. And we, we do this in experientials here. And we simply have one person listen to the other for 10 minutes. And then you switch and have the other person listen. That's the simplest version of this. Another version of this, you take it a step further. Uh, you do the same as before, but at the end of each person's session, the, the listener says, this is what I heard you say. And then the, the speaker gets to uh, correct that or refine it. Then the third level is discernment questions, that after the speaker speaks, the listener asks questions that are not leading questions, that are not, I know what you're going through and let me show you how wise I am, but they're genuine discernment questions about what the person intended. So that's an amazingly easy place to start healing circle work beyond your inner work with a circle of one. Then you can say there are small circles of three or four with intimates that you're close to, but the one we skip to at that point is the circle of seven to nine, which is the, or actually seven to eight, but nine will do it, which is the optimal size for small group interaction, which is why the cancer help program takes eight people at a time. But if you're doing outpatient work, if you're doing work in the community, you typically want, if you're working with people with cancer, for example, to have a circle of about 15, so that that circle of 15 or so, with people too ill to come or unable to come that day or whatever, you'll end up with seven or eight or at least five, uh, and that works really well. So uh, this next circle uh, just makes a point that... Um, that is important to me, which is, I, and this, this builds on the Asajoli circle of the three levels of the unconscious. Uh, I have really come to believe that the modern maps, uh, let's take Freud's, of id, ego, and superego, they're okay. 
Uh, and they track right on this. So if you put id next to body and ego where I've got soul and superego where I have spirit, uh, that's okay. But it is worth recognizing that in the great traditions, that the traditional way of looking at the human being was we have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. Now, in, the, in common parlance today, people talk about uh, soul and spirit as identical, but in the traditions, they are very far from identical. So in the traditions, the soul is the dark, moist, multiple, uh, complex part of us that is deeply connected to the body. And spirit is the part of us that soars up into meditation, contemplation, pure spaces, and so on. Many people in our time spend all their time trying to be spiritual. But if you try to be spiritual all the time and you forget about the fact that what you actually are is a soul, an incarnated soul, you lose something very profound. And that is the basis of archetypal psychology and the contribution of James Hillman. And I'm grateful Pat Berry is here today. Pat uh, was married to James for 20 years. And uh, we did a spiritual biography together. And uh, we actually just had another conversation about Hillman's. We've done maybe 10 conversations on Hillman's work. Uh, the contribution of James Hillman was that he developed this as a soul-centered psychology. He emphasized the importance of the soul. So uh, to me, uh, I think he overemphasized the soul. I think he didn't give adequate attention to the spirit. And in the traditions, body, soul, and spirit are equally acknowledged. So that gives us a little overview of, of the individual psyche and so on. Now, if we come back to this first diagram about the skills you need to use and understand in the world, I've worked with a set of five skills uh, for the last 30 years in the cancer work. I believe that all of us in the second half of life need to understand uh, three, th five things. We actually made a mistake there. Uh, the first one is our choices in healing. The second one is our choices in medical therapies, not integrative therapies. The third is our choices in integrative approaches. The fourth are choices in pain, suffering, and loss. And the fifth are choices in death and dying. So just the second one is medical therapies. And so there are many other skills which, uh, as uh, Diana said, we've built into a whole tree. Uh, what have we got? Close to 100 different situations, or 108 was what we were aiming for. But the leaves of the tree come out from these five areas of healing, medical therapies, integrative approaches, pain, suffering, and loss, and death and dying. And then there are all the specific conditions that you may find yourself in. Uh, but those those skills represent the horizontal line. So there's the heart work, the soul work, the movement from body, soul, to spirit. And then there are the skills in the world. But they're not just horizontal. So each of them has a vertical dimension. So healing, for example, is not only of the body, not only of uh, the soul or mind, not only of the spirit, 
but it can take, but it, it, it isn't abstract. It, it, deep intentional healing is absolutely unique to you. It has a huge vertical dimension. Integrative therapies often has a very large uh, vertical dimension. Even medical therapies has a vertical dimension because you have to think deeply and intuitively about what you are willing to do in order to recover and what you're not willing to do. Pain, suffering, and loss has a vertical dimension. So do death and dying. So while we put these, array these on the horizontal axis as the skills you need, uh, that doesn't mean to say that they are simply horizontal skills. They take you into the vertical. So the last um, uh, little uh, piece I have up here is just a really, really brief uh, version of one of the simplest descriptions of circle work. So, so imagine that you wanted to bring some friends together or group together and start somewhere. We start with silence. You can start with music or something else, but we start with silence. Then the simplest thing to do is to have a talking stick and to pass it around the circle, and each person who wants to talk speaks. You can say, I pass, and it continues to go around, and then it'll come back to you if you want it. And then that can be, the, then you can ju just do that and end in silence. But it often also helps to have a segment that's on learning or a topic. So, for example, the topic, so the talking stick piece might be, what's up for me? You know, where am I today? The topic might be, we're all dealing with loss, or uh, having somebody come in and talk about nutrition, or talking about exercise or something. And then you end again in silence with those rules that we talked about. Speak from the heart, generous listening, no crosstalk, no advising, fixing or setting straight, confidentiality. Diana had a better list up than mine. So what I've tried to do here in this brief period, and uh, we'll take a few questions and then a brief break, and then uh, Rachel will join us and speak. Um, I've tried to give you a sense that healing circles is not about the dissemination of a specific model. It's not taking our 30 years of work in the Cancer Help Program or Rachel's 25 years of work with the Institute for the Study of Health and Illness or any single model and saying, this is holy writ, go and disseminate it. Now, we are a learning community. We believe, uh, Diane and Kelly have been a great example for me, but many others as well. We're constantly learning. We learn constantly from the Cancer Help Program alumni. You know, Terry Mason created our online group, the healing, you know, the CCHP circle, which instead of just having six separate retreats and two alumni days, we now have an ongoing, often daily exchange of sometimes incredible soul-based stuff. So uh, that came from an alum, right? Our Santre work, which has been with us from the came from one of our first alum. So the Cancer Help Program is a healing circle. Any healing circle that you create, as Diana and Kelly have said, uh, should be a learning community. You know, we are within ourselves when we're just talking about the circle of one. We should be a learning community. A circle of two is a learning community. So if you understand these things, not as 
I'm going to try to be an enlightened spiritual teacher and show everybody how wonderful I am and heal everybody, which is anathema to me. But rather to say we are all radically imperfect human beings, every single one of us, and our imperfection, you know, is where the light comes in. It is through the wound, it is through our imperfections that the light comes in. And if we work from that soul level, going to spirit as we are able, going down into the body as we surely need to do, but work from that soul level of our imperfection, it is through the crack that the light comes in. And it is in the circle which is a circle of love that the deep work gets done. So let's end with a moment of silence here. Peace, peace. And we can take a little stretch and bathroom break as our colleague Rachel Naomi Remen comes up. And let's make it really brief. We'll start in about four or five minutes. You've been listening to part one of three of this special day of Healing Circles presentations hosted by Michael Lerner with guests Rachel Naomi Remen and Diana and Kelly Lindsay of Healing Circles Langley on Whidbey Island. Thank you for joining us at the New School at Commonweal. The New School at Commonweal is directed by Michael Lerner. Our program coordinator is Kara Epstein. Our audio engineer is Ken Adams. And our theme music is by Suzanne Chiani. Please visit our website at tns.commonweal.org. That's tns.commonweal.org. Commonweal is spelled C-O-M-M-O-N-W-E-A-L. You can also find us on Facebook. Facebook. 